Okay. Well, welcome. I'm so glad you made it here. Um, I really sense this is a, a weighty thing, a shift, a pivotal moment for a lot of us um, here and that we'll listen later. Um, it's not where I originally was going to go, um, but after a little bit of seeking the Lord a little bit more, it became apparent that this is where he wanted to go. So I'm going to talk about intimacy, and I like to say it's the gift that no one wanted. Um, you know, it's not um, not where I thought I would head. And um, so I'm going to share my story. I'm going to give practical tips on how, you know, what this looks like day in, day out for all believers. I'm um, going to touch on a lot of the disciplines that um, can cultivate this lifestyle for you. But most of all, it's an invitation. It's an invitation for you to get to know the lover of your soul. I just felt like tonight I just want to invite you to meet the man who loves you from the moment you were born. Before you were ever, ever thought of anything, he thought of you and He's our first love, and he really is. If you think about, I was six years old when I got saved, because today when I was reading that about my first love, I'm like, well, were you really my first love? And he's like, yes, I was, you know, from six years old. So um, my notes are being really silly, so I've got lots of backup. But um, <sighs> So anyways, we're going to go old-fashioned for a second. All right, this is the place from where it all flows. So I want to start out in Hosea, and it's going to be Hosea 2. I marked it. Okay, 14 through 20. Therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. There she will sing as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. And that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. I will remove the names of the balls from her lips. No longer will the names be invoked. In that day, I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the creatures that move along the ground. It goes on, but then in 19 it says, I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice in love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness and you will acknowledge the Lord. So that's a little bit of a long passage, but Hosea is a book about a prostitute. It's about a man who God called and he said, marry a prostitute. And she goes out on him and she comes back. In real life, this really happened. <laughs> you think about your friend and he's like, my wife cheated on me. And you're like, oh my goodness. Like this kept happening. She kept having other people's babies. And he just kept going to her and saying, I love you. I love you. Come back. He'd buy her back because it costs money. You know, and so he was wearing her shame all the time. There's the man who loves the prostitute. So when I first started this journey, um, the Lord would speak me to me out of this passage a lot of times. And the first past part where it says, therefore, I'm now going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her. So 
he does that. He allures us with like his power and his deliverance. And then all of a sudden we're in the desert. And you're like, it's dry, it's long, it's weary, I don't see an end. And there he speaks tenderly to you. And then it says he'll, in that place too, he gives you back your vineyards. And it says the valley of Achor, which translated means trouble. I'll make the, the valley of trouble a door of hope. And there she will sing. And then it also talks about him being um, her husband. So I um, said here, I've been the runaway bride. I've resisted the settling down with the one who calls my name much quicker to work for God than to simply be with him. So I think we're all really um, kind of accustomed to working for him. Either we're in rebellion or we're working. You know, and, and working is not bad, but it's not really fruitful until we're in intimacy. So it's in that hidden place that he's going to speak your work, and then it'll be fruitful. But if you go ahead of him and try to work, it's not going to be fruitful. And you're going to be tired. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be worn out. And so he's just inviting you to abide in him. So John 15.4 is where we're going to go next. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Okay, we're just going to pray for a second. My computer's not working at all. <laughs> Father, I just thank you so much for this moment. If you can just pray in the spirit with me for a second. This is not about me. This is not about my anointing. This is about his longing for you. He wants to set you free. He wants to be so close to you, but we're so busy and we're so tired that we can't get away. And we just keep running to the things that make us feel less tired because we're so busy and it's this crazy cycle. And so I just really feel like he wants to set us free. <sighs> okay. So let's just jump into prayer time. What does your prayer time look like? We're just going to jump into like getting with him. So, I think we all know we should do that. You know, okay, yeah, I need to have my devotional or whatever. But how often do we? But if we feel like it's a, a work, then it's going to feel burdensome. But once you start doing it and getting some fruit from it, it's going to be enjoyable. So, um, even before that, if you tried and you're just like, you know what, I just, I just can't really get into it. I fall asleep. I get distracted, you know, whatever those different things that are real. Because um, the struggle is real. The enemy does not want you to get away with, get away with the Lord. Then I'm going to encourage you to fast. And I'm going to encourage you to fast food. Um, media fasts are amazing. That may be where you need to start. Um, but throughout the Bible, it is food. I know for me that there is going to be a weaning off of some media for me. It is something that I entertain myself with. But it is so powerful when you fast food, when you become hungry. And if that becomes overwhelming or it's too many questions, um, do lunch. 
do lunch every day. If you get a lunch break, do lunch every Wednesday, you know, and start to just spend the time with the Lord. And you're going to declare scriptures over yourself. You know, man does not live on bread alone, but out of every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Um, and then you can expand it. Okay, I'm going to do 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. You know, and, and when I do that, I'll eat at 5.30. You know, I'm not superhuman. You know, I'm just trying to stretch myself. It's like an exercise. You know, you don't go out and be like, I'm going to go run the mini tomorrow. You know, that's 13 miles. You start walking. You, you know, do a little bit. And so when we see these fasts in the Bible of 40 days, things like that, those were Jewish people who were fasting every week a couple times a week. So they were trained. They were used to this. A lot of us maybe aren't used to it. So let's get started and let's get plugged in because there's something that breaks open when we fast. I can't explain it, but it's real. When I notice I'm being stubborn or obstinate in my walk with the Lord, because it is real. Like I've been walking walking with the Lord in purity for a long time and I still resist him because I'm flesh. And so what I have to do is go, you know what, flesh, you don't belong to yourself. You were bought at a price. So that's also where the word of God comes in because, you know, when you are fasting, you got to eat something. And so you need to be eating the word of God. So start somewhere, read the Psalms, you know, find a friend who goes to the church or that is a Christian and say, you know, how do I do this practically? So, um, and a 12-hour fast is totally doable in work environments. And you can do more than this. Yes, please. <laughs> it's in my notes section. Um, okay. And really, at pivotal points in my walk, fasting has broken open the doors. Deliverance, you know, the Lord will lead me to it um, time and again. And then there are times when he says, quit it. I need you to rest, you know. So if you just had a baby, you just started a new job, you know, don't become religious about it. You know, don't feel like you're super spiritual when you're fasting, but don't feel like, you know, if you cheat, you're like, oh, I'm terrible. No, just the next meal, start again. Um, you can do just water, you can do juices, you can do smoothies, um, uh, work, we'll do it together. You know, we'll do it for breakthrough together. That is so powerful. I notice when I have a partner, I'm more likely to stick with it because I'm like, oh, she's not eating. Oh, girl, I just ate. I'm so sorry. I snuck around the corner and I, you know, <laughs> I did, you know, and so we can be honest with each other. It's like 604 and we're like, you know, like we're not used to it, but just, just get used to it. Just start getting used to it. And it is part of the Christian walk. It's just part of it. And it's a powerful tool. It's not something to enslave you. It's something to break it open. So I just wanted to start with that. Oh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes. Okay. There we go. Okay. So I just really want to encourage you, just do it. Just suck it up. Don't eat for a minute. You will live, I promise. Oh, my goodness. And I realized, too, when I first started walking with the Lord and he had me do this, I'm like, the devil stole dieting. Like, fasting is from God, and that will get the weight off. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're like, it's got this weird perception in our minds, you know, and sometimes he'll have me fast meat and I'll fast meat for seasons. Like I won't fast meals, but I won't be eating meat. And I have friends that are like, are you eating me? Are you not eating me? He does that one with me a lot. I don't know why, you know, but, um, but you know, it, it's in the Bible. So anyways, okay. So when it comes to our prayer times, I was thinking about it and it's like, 
Who loves what we have here on Sunday mornings? Like you crave it, you want it, it's full, it's so full. If you want more of that, you can have a measure of that, not the fullness because it's the body and there's no replacement, but you can have a measure of that in your secret place. We have YouTube. We have Bethel in our living room. We have like the best music at our access all the time, 24-7. So we have no excuse to not get with the Lord. So anyways, if you crave that, then, you know, this is what you're going to get in this time. Um, Very like pivotal times in my walk, I've heard him from the secret place. So if I hadn't been in the secret place, I would have not made the move that I made. So that's why it's important to get in the secret place because how else is he going to lead you if you're not hanging out with him and listening to him? How am I going to know what's going on with Jesse if we don't talk? I mean, yeah, we're friends. we got the foundation, you know, but if she had, you know, something important to tell me and I was too busy and I just kept ignoring the call, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to know what she, you know, wants to relay to me and it's going to lead me down a different path. So, our prayer time. Okay, so in the Bible, it talks about your secret place. Now, I was single for a long time. Now, I'm a mother of two under two. So, I understand both sides. So, it's almost like when you're single, you've got too much time. And then when you're a mom, you have like no time. It's like, where does it meet? Um, So, I wanted to be transparent and say, do I have my secret time with the Lord every single day, 365 days a year without fail? No, no, I don't. Do I have it most days? Yes, because I feel better when I do, not because he's mad at me if I don't. He's not mad. It's just I have an opportunity to be full if I spend time with him. So, okay, so Let's see, just give me five seconds to readjust here. Okay, I want to talk about his voice. Our steps are ordered by the Lord, and to know which way he is telling us to go, we must spend time with him. And when we spend time with him, we will know his voice. John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And then in John 10, 4 and 5, when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. So I wanted to talk about hearing his voice as well because I think especially in the beginning of our walk, you're like, whose voice is that? You know, there really is a time where you are learning to hear his voice. Um, So give yourself grace in that. Don't make big, huge decisions. You know, ask someone. Um, But as you get more mature, the Lord will speak to you, and he may not tell your bestie the same thing. And then you're tested. So I'll just give a small example. Recently... Um, I have a really great friend in the Lord, so spirit-filled, and we'd been talking about an issue for a while. She said, I just can't shake it. I'm going for it. I said, okay, go for it. 
So she went for it. And um, let's just be honest. Okay. She was setting me up on a date. Okay. And um, I was like, go for it. You know? And so she did. And we began talking, me and this godly man. And I heard one day getting ready, do not awaken love until it's time. (laughs) I said, whatever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know what that was. Probably me just being picky because everybody says I'm picky. Probably just that. So I moved on about my life. Well, I've been drawing for them from this source um, on YouTube. Her name is Heather. The Lord's provided her in this leg of my journey. And so I watch her quite a bit because she, I actually found her because I've been waiting so long that I was like, Lord, I got to see that you really do this because otherwise I know it's happening. So anyways, I found her. So I was watching her one day, random videos on YouTube. And twice she says, she quotes that scripture, songs eight, do not awaken love until it's time. Blah, blah, blah. Next video. Songs eight, do not awaken love until it's time. And I'm like, shut up. It's time. <laughs> like, I say it's time. And so I was like, okay, is that, is that you, Lord? Like, do I just listen to her too much? Maybe I'm just listening to this. Maybe I'm just like hearing her in my head because I always listen to her. So I talked to my friend the next day. She comes over and I'm like, this is what I'm getting. I don't know. It could be God. could be me. could be Heather only says that scripture. I don't know. But I'm getting this. And she's like, you know, she, we talk about it and I just submit it to the Lord. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm confused now, you know, whatever. And um, the next day, that was Monday, Tuesday morning in my time with him, I was listening to some Bethel worship and they start singing and they, she's saying, um, God's timing is perfect. I'm just singing to all the singles right now. God's timing is perfect. And I'm like, check. So that's like, we're on time four now. I'm like, I count them in my head, you know, four times. And, um, because I have heard other voices and obeyed other voices before. So I do want to weigh it out, you know, and make sure who I'm hearing. And so she sings that and I'm like, okay, okay. And then I heard the Lord say Ephesians. And so I get out Ephesians and I open it into one and I'm familiar with the Bible now. So that's another part of your walk, becoming familiar with the word. And in Ephesians 1, somewhere, it says, when the times have reached their fulfillment. And I know my walk. Like, I know that it's out there for people to see. I know that there are, like, there's just strategic things about it. So when I read that, I was like, okay, there is a fulfilling time. There is a marked on me, a time that will be fulfilled. Like, I I know that. And so I'm like, okay, God's timing is perfect when the times have reached their fulfillment. So that was my prayer time, and I just was like, hmm, check, check. And so I'm just getting ready, and I'm just to the Lord. You know, we, we talk in, inside of me, and I'm like, you know, I'm in a really prophetic body. I really wish I could just text a prophetic person and say, give me one word. And if they say timing, I'm going to know that it's God. So, and the Lord says, you got a word in November. It's saved in your notes. Why don't you read it? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I did get a really good word in November. And after another trial in the same area. And, um, and so I open my phone and in my notes, I read it. And it says main words. And because someone just came up to me at a party and it just was the Lord. And they said, godly timing 
obedience. The greatest temptation of the sons and daughters of God is to push the timing of God. It's not time. It is not time. And so that whole day, I was just like, it's not time. It is not time. And it was so weird because all my single ladies know, like, when you're going on a date, you're excited about the day. You want to, you know, um, you're excited. I could not get excited. I just couldn't. I just was like, there was something in me that was just, they were, that I was wrestling. And he's a great guy, good looking, loves the Lord, you know, and I just, I couldn't shake it. And so... The whole day, I'm just, I just knew. I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew that it was not time. And um, the next day, I saw my friend, and she looked at me. And she's like, are you getting excited? And I'm like, it's not time. She's like, what? And I'm like, it's, it's not time. I can't go. I can't even go. <laughs> and she was like, well, you can tell him. And so I was like, awesome. So I just prayed, and... Um, even before, you know, I was nervous because um, when you've waited this long and here's this opportunity, plop, you're like, okay, you know, they're a great, you know, there's, it's a good match on paper. And um, I just prayed and, and I said, Lord, help me. Lord, help me have this conversation. So I called him and, and the Lord was just so all over the conversation. And, um, you know, I just told him I was with the Lord and here's what he said. And um, he just responded with um, that he understood. And he said, you know, it's good to obey the Lord. I trust him. And I got to tell you, after that, I cried every single time I talked about it. Every time. Now, before that, I was like all like resistant and all that. But then once I had submitted, there was something that came over me that just like, that I wept, in, and I don't know how to explain it, but there's a tenderness between me and the Lord now that I trust him in a deeper level, and I respect this person so highly, and I just, like, that we both know that the Lord is the Lord is the Lord. He is the Lord, and I know that if I would have made a wrong turn, God's grace covers me, but I'm a divorced woman, and I'm not going to forget that lesson. I'm never going to forget that lesson. So I just want to share that most recent story because it was an opportunity to obey or follow godly counsel. And I, but I knew the voice. And so the Lord, he knows where you're at and what stage you're at. He's not going to expect you to follow his voice at, that he hasn't trained you in. So I just want you to start, if, wherever you're at, to start training your ears to his voice. So Isaiah thirty twenty one says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And then I just want to read Psalm 23 over us um, because there's just so much good stuff in there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So when he leads us, we won't be in want. We will rest. He'll restore us. He'll lead us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, not for ours. And even through the darkest places, he'll be with us. He'll, our couple overflow and goodness and love will follow us. So this is the key, the prize and the cross. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. So there it is, a promise that if we begin this journey, we will find him. As we were discussing this topic, it came up that a lot of us may have great intentions, but are, have a roadblock. So I just, as I continue this message, I just ask that you would just ask the Holy Spirit, um, what is my roadblock? What is stopping me? Um, but like I said earlier, am I too tired? Um, have I stayed up too late the night before? Ask the Lord what time of day it will be that you spend with him. In the word, it does talk about Jesus getting up early in the morning and also staying up all night. For me, I used to be the other way, but I, I, I believe in the morning time, but I'm not going to put anything on y'all. But it helps me to be full all day. So I like to start my day that way, but if you can't find any time, find some time. It doesn't matter, but I, that's just my personal preference at this point. Um, and that means that if that I'll get up at 5 to 6.30 in the morning and my babies will sleep till 8, that means I will sacrifice sleep, but I realize that I will do better with time with him than I would with sleep. Like I actually will be better. So, um, so there's that. Okay. I wanted to say that it is not religious to show up at the same time to spend time with the Lord. Every day. That's not religious. We show up here the same time each week. We show up at work the same time. It just gives you that like time frame to be with him. And also it kind of conditions you to go, okay. Now we're spending time with Jesus. Okay. You know, um, I really cultivated that 5.30 a.m. time when I was in Brazil because it was a time that was before the masses of hungry young men woke up and ate all the food. So I would get up before them and eat really quick and go spend time with Jesus. So I, w I got really trained at that two hours earlier than I ever have done before, you know, through that. And it creates a rhythm. And I also want to say that with your place that you show up in. I don't know how many of you have seen The War Room. Um, highly, highly recommend that. You can pray anywhere. And please pray everywhere. But I encourage you in your home, in your dwelling, have a place that is like your place. And that it's your place for a while. Mine does move because my life moves. Um, for a while, it was a closet. It literally was a closet that I cleaned out, and there was a blanket on the floor, and 
I would go in there with my iPad and I would write prayers to the Lord and put them on the wall and I would pray over them, you know, and that way I knew if somebody that was on the list <laughs> showed up at my house, <laughs> you know, that I'm going to be like, hey, <laughs> what's happening? You know, but also, too, um, I really felt hidden in there. And I felt sa- there's something like feeling that really closeness of the Lord um, inside that. And in some versions of the Bible, call it a closet. So, and in the war room, hers is a closet. Um, so, I started there, and then when the girls came, I have moved up to my office now, which is still small. And even this morning, my cat was bothering me, so I kicked him out, and I shut the door. And that's what the Bible says. It says, when you go in your secret place, shut the door. You know, shut out the direct distractions. Um, And just really savor that time. What we had tonight, like that, that, you can carry that. You can have that every day if you want. And don't wait until you feel like it. Don't wait until you feel like it. Like with exercise, anything that's good for you, you don't wait. Athletes don't wait until they feel like it to go to the gym. They go to the gym because they got to go to the gym to be who they are. Because otherwise, if you're not spending time with the Lord, like you don't have anything to give anybody. You're going to get to heaven, but, (laughs) you know, you're not going to have anything. And you're not going to be happy. You're going to be confused, you know, all these things. So, um, I also love a devotional book, Little Baby Starter. I call it like an appetizer. That way you're not like, oh, I don't know where to start. You know, the Bible's got all these books and I get confused. Where do I start? I love anything by Sarah Young, Jesus Calling, Jesus Live, Jesus Today. It's anointed. Many times in my life, the Lord has really um, led me um, with that. But I don't only read the devotional. I read the devotional like while I'm eating breakfast before I go to my secret place. It just kind of gets me ready instead of just getting distracted going, oh, I could do those dishes. Oh, I could, you know, I'm like, no, wait, no, he's, he's beckoning me. So, um, but Joyce Meyer's great. I mean, there's tons of great ones. And I think if you are led and hungry, he'll lead you to the right one. This is why people read their horoscopes and go get tarot cards. They want to hear. They need direction. We're made for direction. So that void in you, that's what that's for. And before I was saved, that's what I was looking for. And um, so I just think that's so interesting. Okay, so now we're in that we've finally gotten there. We've got all the distractions out. We've, you know, we've made it to the secret place. Now what? I start with worship. I always start with worship. Um, I'm a worshiper, but um, I plug in my headphones in my little iPad. Because for me, if I have my headphones on, I feel like it's just me and him. If I have my iPad out and it's just noise, then like maybe I'll hear the baby crying. Or, you know, and she'll be fine. You know, and I still, you know, I'll listen for here and there. But I just feel like we're together. So that's just the way I do it. Um, I have my Bible in a version that I understand. If you don't understand the Bible that you have, get a different version. NIV, NLT, NKGV. I don't, I don't care what you use. Just something that speaks to you. And he might switch it on you. But this is my Bible. And I have other versions. One of my friends calls me a Bible collector because I love the Bible. But this one 
is the one. You know, earlier, whenever my computer wasn't up, I knew where to find it because this is the one. If I would have brought one of my other ones, I would have been lost. So I just encourage you, get the one and hold on to the one. Use your Bible app, please. But please have one of these that's just... Because it'll have your history with the Lord. I mean, you can just look through these pages and um, he can speak to you over again what he spoke to you before. Sometimes the Lord just ministers to me in music. Sometimes I just listen to music the whole time and that's it. Sometimes I'll just get started and I'll just start to... And I love that she touched on last week about our prayer language. Sometimes I'll just pray in the spirit for a little bit. Um, and then sometimes I'll just pray for those people on my list, just pray and pray and pray and pray and pray for them and plead for them. But I don't do that every time. I don't read the Bible every time, the whole time. A lot of times I do my Bible reading later in the day, throughout the day, or at the evening, and then in the morning it's, I've stored it up and I can pull from that Ephesians or whatever he's saying. Um, but it varies. It's like a conversation with your friends. You don't always have the same format. Um, so I just want to kind of give you just some like mental pictures there. Um, I keep a journal. I write down what he's speaking to me, um, even just little things. And then that way, a couple weeks later, when I'm feeling stubborn or obstinate, I can go back and go, oh, there it is. You know, just to remind yourself. This place is called the secret place. It's a place of unloading, of refreshing, of receiving, a place of pouring my love on him. It's about connection. It's not about a time clock. So sometimes it is like an hour. Sometimes it is 20 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour and a half. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. You know, it just, it's, and once you start to build up that store, one day it'll be an hour, next day 20 minutes. It kind of moves, you know, it'll move with your life, but you'll know when you're like, okay, you know, I've, I've touched base with you. And also, to my single people, okay, uh, intimacy is for all of us. None of us, single or not single, can survive without it. But if you are single, you really, 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 really can't survive without it. Like, and he's going to train you in it. Like, I know that he, like, in the, uh, that last story that I told, I submitted to my husband. Ladies, when you get married, you're going to have to submit to your husband. I've been single for a while. I don't have to submit to much. You know, I really don't. I like the boss at work. I shop when I want. You know what I mean? I ask the Lord, like, in myself. But, like, that was one of those times where I had to be like, well, okay, even though I don't want to. So he's going to train you in being a wife in being a husband, in preferring what somebody else is saying, in taking time with him. You're going to have to cultivate time with that person. So if you deny getting intimate with the Lord, how are you going to get intimate with someone else? How are you going to open yourself up to someone and truly be known? So I just wanted to throw that in there because it's not, I think a lot of times single people think, um, I know that I resisted the Lord in that place because I was like, you're not giving me a husband. I don't want to talk about it, you know, but the thing is he wants to be your husband and give you a husband. Like it's a kingdom thing. It's weird. I don't know, you know, and you will have favor if he's your husband. I'm telling you, if there's a prophet in the room, I'll be like, Lord, I know how to hear from you, but I am your wife. So, 
you know, you, he can, he's going to bestow things on you when you are in intimacy with him, whether he's, if you're single or married, when you are intimate with Jesus, you will have favor. You will have favor because he knows he can trust you. You know, supernatural things will happen to you. He's going to sit, he can flow money through you because you're listening, you know, all those things. And you also will have suffering because he's going to make you like Jesus. That's what the whole point is, is to make you like Jesus. So as you start stepping in intimacy and the world falls apart, you know, or it's wonderful. It'll do either of them. Who knows? But as you start stepping into that, it's making you like Jesus. Like whenever I had that opportunity, like it was nothing compared to what Jesus endured in the garden. But I had an idea of what it was like to go, not my will, but yours. You know, like that, when you, when you understand what Jesus did to the full extent and a little, you get like a taste and it brings you closer to him. Um, and that's priceless. Okay, I also want to talk about a type of prayer called soaking prayer. This was not something that I had originally planned to talk about, but I do want to touch on it because it really um, was hitting me pretty strong. Okay, so soaking prayer is when you rest before the Lord. Now, if you are new and you tend to fall asleep, don't do this just yet, <laughs> but if you are prone to work for the Lord, if you are prone to like search scriptures the whole time or like anxious kind of a person, if you're like somebody who's always trying to work for God, then yes, try to do this. So soaking, I learned about this when I was in Mexico because we had a really thick presence of God there. And I was asking a person, you know, how do I cultivate this? And they said, you know, well, I would suggest soaking. And I'd never really heard of it. And then my devotional the next day in the airport said, soak in my presence. And I'm like, okay, this is the thing. This isn't just a weird thing that was out there. So long time ago, it was called like waiting upon the Lord. So what you do is it's intentionally resting. It's like literally laying down and having music in usually instrumental because sometimes words like a singer's will start singing, you know, for the Lord, but like, like actually just letting him and a lot of times, if you have some deep emotional stuff, like he can deliver you during that time. Um, and it literally is laying there and resting before the Lord. Like if you just imagine our Sunday mornings where you just lay, you know, that's what it is. And um, I think deep, deep inner stuff happens during that um, time with the Lord. So I just want to encourage you to like look into it, check it out. But like I said, it's not what I do every day. But sometimes if I'm extremely weary or I'm working again or whatever, then I will do that. I also wanted to say he's worthy. He's so worthy of our love and affection. Um, I just, I just pray that, that he would just open our hearts to know that, um, because like I said, I've resisted it a hundred times and I might resist again tomorrow. But like the man who loved the prostitute, you know, he's always coming back. Um, and also to swing back to singles for a second. If the Lord is calling you to singleness for now, he has a gift for you. There are gifts inside of this that you can only get 
in this place. Um, and just trust him that if you have a strong desire, then that's from him. And he'll complete it. And you don't need to help him. <laughs> but you don't. And, and he's so good. Like, I can't tell you how many dreams I've had about the men that have tried to come to my life. I mean, he's specific. He, I mean, he's a rescuer. Like, he's not going to let you go off the path. But if, you, but if you're listening, um, but, you know, there was a time where I made a commitment to the Lord for a specific time, amount of time and, and put on a ring. And um, I have a tattoo that says, I will wait for you. And in November, when the Lord was speaking that to me, he reminded me of that. Because I don't know if any of you guys have tattoos. Sometimes you just forget what you got. And... Um, <laughs> And he was like, hey, remember that? Do you still mean it? And so, and it, you know, it's, that song says, you know, tame my flesh and fix my eyes. You know, so. Um, and back to obedience. The next morning after I obeyed, a song was in my spirit. And I looked it up. And the, the, my mind was just, come what may, I will obey. And actually, the, I obeyed on like a Wednesday, I believe. And Sunday is when Tom had preached on holiness. And we said, I will obey. And I remember, even when I said, I will obey, that felt really hard to say, to be honest. And I wouldn't have thought it would, you know, because eight years in, you know, you think, I obey the Lord, you know. But saying I will obey was harder than I expected. And that did something to me too. I'm like, oof. Okay. And so I just said it in faith. And so then when later in the week when it started unfolding, I'm like, I said I'll obey. And so anyways, the song says, come what may I will obey. And then another song on the album says, simple obedience changes history. So it's a big deal. Your obedience is a big deal. Like, we're really used to, like, this, like, pick-and-choose culture. But seriously, like, when Mike was singing about, I'd rather be in the fire than in the belly of a whale, Jonah was a real dude. He was a real dude who really chose to disobey, and there were real consequences. A whole city was going to go to hell. If he didn't obey, and God, my dad, I love it. He'll say, um, what do you, I'll like, I don't know. He'll just say like, how'd that work out for Jonah? Like, he's like, I believe in free will, but what about Jonah? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, if you've got a call on your life, like, you have free will, but you've got a call on your life, it's going to be like, that, that call is going to just be on you and on you and on you. And it's going to actually be easier to obey than to disobey. Yep. So in these last six months where I've had a couple opportunities when these good-looking men have been coming around, and I'm like, where, where are they coming from? That voice is so strong that it's like, I have too much to lose. I have too much to lose. I'm sorry, sir. You cost too much. I have a whole family line. You know, they do. They cost too much. I can't afford it. I have so too much. I have so too much. Like, no, no way. But that voice is strong. So... I don't know. Remember Jonah. And it's not like a, a smack you. It's like there, 
we're just in these times where like your life matters. It really matters. Like having fun is okay, whatever. But we all want to matter and God can redeem it, but he could do it a lot faster if you stay on his path, you know, and, and do you trust that he's good? Because if you trust that he's good, you'll obey him. You know, I don't tell Ellie, stop it, because I'm like, oh, I just love to control her. Like, no, I want her to go on the right path so she can have the good things. And then when you are doing that hard thing, you will experience his grace in such a deep way that, that I can't put words to it. In November, I obeyed, and the next morning, I got the call for the girls. Within 12 hours, if I hadn't obeyed, I had been wrapped up in something that wasn't for me. And I have a promise. I have a promise. And these girls, like, and, and Ellie had been with me before. And so it was a miracle for her to come again. So... Yeah. All of this is preparing us and shaping us. It is testing us. Do we want God as a perpetual Santa Claus or an emotional high? Or do we truly want him? Will we stand the test of time? Will we dig deep into him? The world is waiting for the true sons and daughters of God to be revo- revealed. Romans 8, 18 and 19 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. The whole earth is waiting for you to get in line with your call. It's waiting It's time. If you're wondering what time it is, it's time. John 12, 24 says, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. You will have to die. It's good news, but you will have to die. But you will be raised to life again. Um, But I just really, I did want to touch on that because I think that if we're just waiting for only the good things all the time, then when those hard things come, we may bail out. And if you stick it out, that's where the glory is. So stick it out. Stick it out. Stick it out. Surround yourself with people who will help you stick it out will say to you, no, you're right, it's not time. And the Lord will really bring them so close when you go through hard times. I feel like that um, we do need to have a little time of repentance um, for running to other lovers. Um, And so... I want to give room for that um, and, re- and just kind of like in Revelation where it says, you know, I hold this against you. You've forsaken your first love. Repent and do the things you've done at first. 
And so I don't want anyone to feel um, a judgmental thing. But I know that we all are like the prostitute. And so I just want to give us an opportunity to turn back to him. And in John 4, 7 through 8, it says, Submit yourselves to, then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. And I also want to touch on that if you have been involved in sexual immorality, that um, to just specifically, I felt like a specific we needed to repent of that because in Corinthians it says all other sins a man commits are outside the body, but that sin we commit with our body. And then it says, you know, you, did you not know that you're a temple for the Holy Spirit who lives within you? You are not your own. You're bought at a price. And so many times during these pivotal times I've heard, you're not your own. You're not your own. And the world would tell you that you are, but you're not. So, and it's for your good. It's not, it's, it's for your good. So, um, yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, I think we're going to sing the more I seek you again. And, um, I just want to pray that God would release a fresh wave of intimacy over all of us that, um, and that even in this week, as we seek him in that place, like there would be so much fruit that we become more hungry for it. You know, sugar's not a good thing, but you know how you eat a little sugar and you want more sugar. You know, I, I want us to be like that with God. Like, you know, have a little bit of them and you want some more. Um, because I know we all love him and we all do spend time with him. Um, but I just want to release more and I really felt that this was pivotal. I felt the weight of it yesterday. I was going through some stuff mentally. I was like, that's about my message. And then today when I got started, even earlier today, I mean, there's just been a lot of resistance, I feel like, to this message, um, which is just interesting because it's really simple um, and it's really the first thing. So, um, yeah. So I'm just going to pray real quick and then let's just worship the Lord and let him do what he's going to do. Father God, I just thank you so much for each and everybody here, everybody listening, God. I thank you, God, that um, we all love you and that you love us, God. I just ask, God, that you would just um, give us a greater hunger, God. Your word says that when we hunger and thirst for you, that we'll be satisfied, God. So I just ask, God, that you would just deepen our hunger, make us hungry for you, God. I ask that you would send us signs from all over that lead us in your direction, God. I ask, God, you would open our ears to hear your voice, God, that we would know your voice, God. We are your sheep. We just rededicate our lives to you tonight, God. We just repent, God, of love and other things that we can see. God, we just trust your plan for us. You know the plans that you have for us, God. So I just ask, God, that you would just start to stir those up in us. God, we just ask your forgiveness. We ask your forgiveness, and we just receive your grace, and we just turn to you again, God. Thank you, Father.